0: I'm Erin Brubaker for Tarragon Theatre in Toronto and I'd like to welcome you to our first ever podcast series, Love, Loss, Wine, and the Gods, another way to experience 2013-14 at Tarragon. This year we'll have episodes on each of these four frames for our season with artists including Richard Rose, Tony Napo, David Fox, Aaron Shields, and Sean Dixon. Our first foray on Love is with Hannah Moscovich, one of our playwrights-in-residence, and Christian Berry, director of The God That Comes. Hannah and Christian also happen to be a couple. Hi, Christian. Hi, Aaron. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm well. Um, thanks for making this podcast.
1: It was my pleasure. Like I said, it was kind of easy. I mean, I think the topic of love comes up in your life all the time if you pay attention uh, so really, that was what it was. It was sort of an excuse to pay attention to it a little bit more.
0: Hey, Aaron. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I was just asking Christian what it was like for you guys to make this thing together.
2: Oh, um, do you want me to answer? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was some dangerous fun. Dangerous fun.
2: Yeah. You what know? was
0: dangerous about it?
2: Well, I think we're in the process of planning a a wedding and buying a house (laughs) together. So to talk about love (laughs) right now is kind of a luxury. (laughs) It is. It's kind of a luxury to
1: talk about things like love when you're in the process of like like
2: physicalizing that love in in ceremonies and in
3: joint possessions
0: So here we go. Hannah Moscovitch and Christian Berry on Love.
4: My name is Christian Barry, and welcome to the first ever Tarragon Theatre podcast, the first in a series exploring the major themes of the 2013-14 season, love, loss, wine, and the gods. The subject of this podcast is love, 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 love. And the next voice you'll hear will be Hannah Moscovich.
5: My first boyfriend's name was Frank, Frank, and he was, um a French boy that I met when I was in Aix-en-Provence. Um, I was living there because my dad was on sabbatical, and, uh, and he gave me chocolates, and he wrote me little notes, some of which sh- um, I still have, and are, um, are dirty, they're very dirty. He was um, uh, nine, and I was uh, also nine, and he wrote me things like he wanted to sleep in bed with me, And he thought my ass was attractive.
4: And, um, did he give you something? What do you mean? Wasn't there a story about him giving you a gift that he wasn't supposed to give you?
5: Yeah, so the, um, there was another little boy when I was in France named Emmanuel.
4: Oh, so this wasn't Franck? It
5: wasn't Franck.
4: Okay, so tell us what Emmanuel gave you.
5: Emmanuel, um, gave me a beautiful ring, Um, which was very sweet of him it just turned out that the ring was um, a family heirloom that he'd taken out of his mother's jewelry box and was worth $10,000 and he had uh, just given it to me Um, and so there was a huge family uproar about where the ring had gone and apparently and Emmanuel finally admitted he'd given it to his um, little petit demi, his little friend and, uh, and uh, so I was um, asked to give it back. Um, but they did buy me a very nice ring with a panda bear on it instead of the $10,000 ring.
4: And you were happy with that?
5: I, I, I still have the panda bear ring.
4: Oh. And why do you think all the boys in France took such a shine to you?
5: Oh, well, um, I was Canadian. It was very exotic, and I think that um, they were also quite sick of each other because although they were only very young, they had all come up together because Aix-en-Provence um, is quite small, so they'd all known each other. It was me and the, the... So
4: they'd already made the rounds.
5: They'd done the rounds. They'd been around. And there was one other little girl who was new. Her name was Marie Antoinette, and she was Spanish, and she was also quite popular.
4: Um, and do you think, this is a serious question, do you think, was that love?
5: Um, I, I, f- I felt some of the feelings I associate now with love, like shyness, and um, I found it very hard to talk to Frank. And I think he wrote and told me he was in love with me. And was he? Um, yes.
4: That, so it was love?
5: It was love. He sang me songs like, um, Jana and Saja could have fought ball. and I wanted to marry
6: Serge.
4: And that was Hannah Moscovitch telling you about her first love, Franck, from France. And then there was Serge, and Serge, just in case you missed it, he's actually a cartoon, and that's the one she wanted to marry. But, as luck would have it, she chose me over the cartoon. Yep, that's right, Hannah Moscovich and I are engaged to be married, and yes, love is in the air, but before we get all wrapped up into that, let me stop and do a few intros. So, as I said, my name is Christian Barry, and I'm the former Urjo-Curada emerging artist in residence at the Tarragon Theatre, and I am also the director and co-creator of The God That Comes, which is coming up later in the season.
2: And I'm Hannah Moscovich. I'm one of the playwrights in residence at Tarragon Theatre.
4: And Hannah's had all kinds of brilliant plays produced at the Tarragon in recent years, including...
2: Uh, East of Berlin, the Children's Republic. This is war, other people's children, little one, and in this world.
4: And we interviewed a few other people to ask their opinions on love, including... I'm Hoxley Workman from Falls, Ontario, Canada. Hannah's sister.
3: My name is Sarah. I'm Hannah's
4: sister. Hannah's mom. (laughs) so what is it and our very smart friend who is studying to be a psychotherapist but i love my anonymity now that we've dispensed with the intros time to get to the big question at hand what is love
5: what is love? Baby, don't hurt me Don't hurt me No
6: more
4: So, first up is Hannah and her mom.
2: So, we have to do a, a podcast about love and we are asking people what love is.
5: <laughs> so, what is it? And you want to ask your mother what
2: it is. What's
5: love? What is love? You can answer anywhere you like. You can tell
2: me what the feeling of it is. Yeah. Well, my my first reaction
5: is it's difficult because there's not just one love. It's not like there's love and everything falls into that category. Do you think it's too big a category? Because, well, there's love for your children, which is not the same as passionate love for a partner.
7: Should we start talking about the four words in Greek?
2: Oh yeah, I think I'm. <laughs> I'm glad you have said that because I think in an earlier talk we had, I was like, well, there are the two words in Greek. <laughs> I had eros and phileos. Philia. Philia.
7: Yeah, well, maybe we could have you say it and then just have my voice come in and say four. Yeah. <laughs> back out. yeah.
4: Okay, so this is our really smart anonymous friend who is studying to be a psychotherapist and who has studied a whole lot of philosophy.
7: So there's one that's um, Storge, there's one that's Eros. Uh-huh. Actually, it should be Storge, Philia, Eros, and Agape. Okay, so what's the difference? So, Storge is like what happens in a family so let's call it like family attachment oh
2: yeah
7: philia is what pertains mostly to friendship so I would call it affection um eros is what I would call desire and agape which I would call compassion or
0: empathy.
4: Oh. Those are the four. But in particular, we wanted to make sure to include this next bit about Christianity and its role in kind of evolving the notion of compassion as love.
7: The thing about the Greeks is that they didn't know about agape yet. That comes from the New Testament. Oh. That's the big innovation. Okay. Christianity comes in and says, no, there's something higher than Eros. There's something, there's a way in which you can convert desire into a loving kindness and care or compassion for the other. And that jump, the Greeks didn't know.
2: That's interesting what our friend is saying. This is Hannah, by the way, uh, not Christian, Um, speaking to you now. (laughs) Uh, Except Christian's here. That's him laughing in the background. Um, So, yeah, I think we go right away. uh, We default to erotic love. um, And what our friend was talking about was love is compassion. So we had a couple of quotes that we liked about um, love is compassion. The first is from Martin Luther King. Junior, um, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that.
4: Did you want me to say the Jack Layton one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think I can do that. I have to find it. My friends. So this is from Jack Layton's uh, final letter to Canadians. Canadians. Yeah. My friends, love is better than anger. Hope is better than fear. Optimism is better than despair. So let us be loving, hopeful, and optimistic, and we'll change the world. All my very best, Jack Layton.
2: I think both of those quotes um, speak to what our friend was um, trying to address as a form of love, which is a sort of love for all persons, love, compassion for uh, humankind.
4: Mm -hmm. So... The next thing we're going to listen to is going to kind of turn the page back to, I guess, romantic love. Or it's going to shift the focus to romantic love now. Um, what are we going to listen to?
2: My sister. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to talk to me about
4: some, some loving,
2: some sexy times.
4: Yeah, you called her on the phone and it kind of took her by surprise. We didn't give her much warning.
2: No, we just, we just called her.
4: And recorded it. Okay, so here is Hannah and her sister, Sarah.
3: Hi. Hey. hey. Sorry, I heard
2: the end of that. You said, it sounds like you said hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah? Yeah? I'm recording this call. Why? Because <laughs> I. Do you have time right now?
3: Uh huh. What's
2: up? <laughs> I think we should use that in the podcast. Sarah, I'm recording this call. <laughs> Why, <laughs> um, uh, darling? Because we're trying to podcast about love. Hello.
3: You're trying to do a podcast about love.
2: So we've been asked to design a podcast where we're kind of the host, but kind of not. We're like we're the host, but we talk about ourselves. I think that's kind of the thing. So, we're like going through this thing where we're just sort of asking interesting people about their thoughts on love.
3: Hey, I'm an interesting person now.
2: You're an interesting person. So, Sarah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what am I asking her? <laughs> this is going really well. Um, <laughs> Sarah, um, what do you think about love?
3: what do I think about love it's kind of a broad question to yeah it's, it's beautiful and dangerous
2: <laughs> beautiful and dangerous that sounds like one of my plays yeah that's, that kind of sounds like all my plays
3: that's all your plays
2: um but right now right now you're in love yes yeah. is that nice Um, what is the greatest work of art that you've ever encountered pertaining to love?
3: Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> I have a very hard time um, connecting to works of art pertaining to love because the overwhelming majority of them don't depict the kind of relationships that I um have in my life Um, Um, pretty much all the great art is um, about uh, guys and girls not about girls and girls so that creates a distance so I can tell you some of the great works of art but they're not necessarily the ones that I'm passionate about
2: Okay, well, what are the ones that you, what are the great ones, and then what are the ones that you're passionate about?
3: I haven't found any that I'm passionate about, Hannah. There's very few um, depictions of, of queer women in, in literature. It doesn't really happen.
2: What about Fall on Your Knees?
3: Sarah? That was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that <laughs> illustrates I guess that illustrates what I meant about love being beautiful and dangerous
2: okay what do you think about this um, quote what do you have anything to say about it um, one rarely falls in love without being as much attracted to what is interestingly wrong with someone as what is objectively healthy
3: sure <laughs> I guess I'm not. Don't feel like that is really saying all that much. Other than you fall in love with people who you find a connection to, Mm -hmm. and that that connection is not necessarily based on, you know, the healthiest aspects of their personality.
2: Right. Right. So what
3: we're looking it can just as easily be, you know, in the fucked up part. Yeah. I mean, part of why. I'm in love with Becca is that we share similar damage. Right. And that that is something that connects us really tightly together.
2: So there's a lot that's interestingly wrong about her.
3: (laughs) I don't know if I would say a lot. (laughs)
2: you feel like
3: you have a future with her
6: <laughs> she gonna
3: listen to this podcast um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I guess I I hope for a future I want a um, future right now, so that's what I'm planning for right now. I think love is closer to want than anything that you desire something that you want it so intensely that it becomes love. huh So
2: it's kind of like um an alchemization of desire,
3: yeah. person that you want the most in the world that's
4: what love is and that was hannah and her sister sarah and next up we have a little road trip
6: you slept through the last small town Wake you up when the next one comes around And your eyes are closed Like you truly believe You're safe and sound with me
4: Do it like Gian Gomeshi would.
2: Um, hello, we are... Driving to Stratford, Ontario to see a show or a couple of shows over a few days, and so we're gonna talk a little bit about love. Oh, look, we just arrived in Shakespeare, Ontario. Um, <clears throat> so I'm interviewing um, Christian Berry, who is um, uh, uh, an alumni of the Urjo Creata program at Tarragon Theatre and runs. Tubi Theatre, a Halifax-based theatre company with Anthony Black, they co-run it, and uh, this year they are staging a um, a show called The God That Comes at Tarragon Theatre, starring um, Hoxley Workman, a Juno award-winning Canadian rock star. Uh, So Christian, um, what is uh, romantic love, what's love?
4: Uh, did, did you change the question? Are you saying what is romantic love? And then did you decide you just would prefer to ask what is love?
2: I think we're interested in erotic love. Um, so what do you think love is?
4: Well, if it's erotic love, it, then it has kind of a biological connotation to it because it, it's related to sex so if it's related to sex then it's like a a yearning like love in that in that context is like a physical and emotional yearning to mm, devour somebody to um well to have sex but also to to have some deep and, and very physical intimacy, as well as kind of a, an all-consuming emotional mm, craving and lust and longing and hunger for someone.
2: Right. That's interesting. So, can I ask this? What is the difference? Can you define if there is a difference um, between love and sex?
4: Um there, there are two, there's, I don't know, is it a Venn diagram when things overlap in the, in the middle? There, there's like, they overlap, so they occupy some of the same territory. Um, obviously you can be in love with somebody without having sex with them, and you can have sex with somebody without being in love with them, but I guess, (laughs) ideally there's a marriage of the two, and that's when you really approach something that is like a, almost like a, A a, a deeper, more, more complete version of the notion of what love is.
2: Oh, so love is being in the middle of the Venn diagram between sex and love.
4: Correct. (laughs)
2: Um, And um, do you have anything personal to say about your experience of love for me? (laughs) Since we all know you love me, you're my fiance. Or we, yeah, we we hope that you love
4: me still. I give off the impression.
2: You tell me you do. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Um, so you want me to offer a personal thing about it. Um.
2: I want you to tell me why you love me so much.
4: (laughs) In front of, in front of the world, you want me to tell you that.
6: Yeah.
4: Um. It's 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 a lot of things, you know. It is. Um, it's 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 physical and aesthetic in a lot of ways. I find you very beautiful. I find you very intelligent. You you give me warmth and comfort. You challenge me. You um, are. You, I admire you. I admire you as an artist and as a person. And I I look up to you in a lot of ways. Um, but, but it also feels more chemical and, and somehow kind of eluse, more elusive than that. It doesn't feel like it's 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 more than the sum of its component parts. My love for you is more than the sum of its component parts. It's it's something that is hard to quantify, you know. When you miss somebody, it's usually something silly. Like I think the other day, you were out of town, and I, I came across some little pile of random things you'd left on your desk, and it just seemed like such a bizarre and illogical little pile, little collection of, of, uh, of junk that it made me somehow think of you and, and miss you in a, in a really detailed way, but that I can't really quantify. It was just like uh, that weird little pile of junk made me love you. Believe in true love, uh, or in love at first sight.
2: I think the question is so uninteresting that I don't think anything about it.
4: So you don't love that question. <laughs> no.
2: I don't even like that
4: question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you like to ask me anything?
2: Um, what is the m- meaning of true love in seven words or less?
4: Getting Old Together in Rocking Chairs. The glove box light shines bright
6: enough to see You read the map like you were reading poetry And it just might take you forever You're safe and sound with me.
4: And that was Hoxley Workman singing Safe and Sound. And speaking of Hoxley Workman, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking with Hoxley now. Hoxley is starring in The God That Comes later this season at the Tarragon. He also co wrote the play with me, uh, and I called him on the phone in Berks Falls, Ontario. All
8: right,
1: I think we're recording. Hey, can you, can you self-identify?
8: Yeah, uh, I self-identify uh, from time to time. I'm Hoxley Workman from Berks Falls, Ontario, Canada.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, if you had to explain love to a child, how would you do it?
8: Oh, I'd say that it's a river and a mountain and uh, that... You, you got to swim and climb. Uh,
1: what if you had to explain it to an alien and they didn't know what rivers or mountains were?
8: I'd say um, love is a road. No, because they don't know probably roads either. <laughs> um, I guess you'd have to. It's um It's a. It's a huge galactic journey that uh, you get to you <laughs> it's a journey love's a journey it's a commitment and a journey
1: nice <laughs> uh, what's the best love song ever written
8: um hmm, that's a good question. What's the best love song ever written?
1: Well, let me ask you this uh, Have you ever written a love song?
8: I guess I, I, I sort of I guess I sort of feel like every song I write is a love song, but um I guess I guess that when talking about love songs, you know, we're in the traditional sense. I guess there's the there's a schmaltzy love song, much in the way that like Christian rock music needs to be overtly Christian. Whereas I always sort of thought I wrote love slash Christian songs back, especially when I was younger, and that a love song I don't I don't need to necessarily be a hit over the head with garish images of 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 romantic love but i think if you take the time to care enough to put a words on a paper and then like put them to put chords to them and come up with a melody that there's there's just there's there's been enough love already if you know what i mean like love is the is the engine of creation. So if you're going to make a song, there's a very good chance it's a love song just by virtue of the fact that it's already been made, if you know what I mean. I love that. I love
1: that love is the engine of
8: creation. That's,
1: that's awesome.
8: Because love is, 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 is a caring. And then you don't write unless you care. It's, you know, if you didn't care, then you'd stop writing and you'd stop making. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. I
1: think love is the engine of creation... Not just in music, if you know what I
8: mean. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the. T- I'm, I mean, it's the truth. It's yeah. what ends up. What it's you, ostensibly, you're pop on out kids by virtue of that love connection made between two people.
4: Love is the Engine of Creation. That was the inimitable Huxley Workman. You can catch him at the Tarragon Theatre throughout the month of June in The God That Comes. You can learn more about the show by visiting www.thegodthatcomes.com. Uh, it's also produced by B Theatre Company. You can learn about them at tubitheatre.com. I want to say thanks to all of our fantastic Guests, that's just about it for us here in the first ever Tarragon Theater podcast. uh Hoxley Workman is going to play us out with a song from the show, and that's it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good night. Say good night, Hannah.
1: Good night, Hannah. um Okay, last one because you got to go to another interview. But um it, it, so we're going to be doing this show, "The God That Comes," at the Tarragon Theater throughout the month of June, 2014. Do you have anything uh, that you want to say to the people of Toronto, the people of the Tarragon
8: Theatre? Well, it's funny just hearing you put it in that way and this talk of love. I know as a long-time Torontonian that June is a special month in the life of, of a Torontonian and that you're going to be filled with libidinous thoughts and just a lot of randiness, and there's no better way... To, to find an outlet for that than to come to the God that comes
6: If your prayer is a song Do you sing it at night or at day If your prayer is a sip of wine Do you drink by the moon or by sun If your prayer is a dance, do you move by the light or by dark? If your prayer is making love, do you tangle by wake or by sleep? If your prayer is a beating drum, do you play for the birds or for dreams? If your prayer is in a revelry, do you stretch out in shadows or light? If your prayer is release, is it for you or for others to see? If your prayer is a seed, do you plant it by dog, by dove?
0: The Theater Podcast was arranged by me, Aaron Brubaker, with help from Andy Tridhart. Thanks for listening. And please come visit us at the theater. We'd love to see you there. Next up, The Wine Edition with David Fox and Tony Napo. This case. <laughs> what are you laughing about?
3: No, this is real. This no, is no, what's talking is, real. Yeah, I
6: know.
4: We're on the radio now. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're on the radio. Oh, is this on? Yeah, yeah. Uh. This is Tony Napo, folks. He got here late. <laughs>
0: Coming to Radioland in January. For more details, visit us at tarragontheater.com.